Welcome to Butterflies and Bravery. This is episode eight. We wanted to do a little bit more talking with Damien and his system. That's the right word. We wanted to talk some more with Damien about his system and possibly meet some of the other alters. We (laughs) had some questions from some of our listeners about... Wanting to know a little bit more about disassociative identity disorder. Mm -hmm. It's kind of something that I think a lot of people haven't really had a lot of experience with. And I think Mm -hmm. people are very interested in how it affects your daily life and things like, Mm -hmm. for, for example... What is the actual controversy amongst mental health professionals about Mm -hmm. disassociative identity disorder and how the age things work? A few things like that. So, So Damien has agreed to join us again and to possibly let us speak with some of the other alters. And we're going to have a lesson in disassociative identity (laughs) disorder from an experience perspective i'm in no way some kind of did specialist at all i just live with it (laughs) yeah no for sure and that's what we want to hear from because we all know that doctors can have their ideas but when you're living with it you're living with it we want to learn too about it the way that it seems like it's going to go just based on the fact that the system seems to be it's like they're just crowded around and they're just like, <laughs> okay, we'll take turns answering. So I guess that's what we're going to try to do. We'll just try to do it. And because mm-hmm. we're in the safety of our home, it makes it a lot easier. We've got the voice so that they're each able to communicate. That is a safety net for us, which helps the body regulate. If this was something that was in public or I had to, you know, go in front of people, you would see things like fainting, shutdowns, cold sweats, that kind of thing. But because because it's in our safe place, then we're more likely to be able to communicate. So, I don't know if Whisper told you, but we had somebody else reach out to us on Instagram. They said that they also have DID and that they're not ready to talk about it yet. And they haven't shared the story, but that hearing stories like yours gives them more hope and more courage. And I think that's another one of our goals with this um, episode is to encourage other people to share more about their lives with the rest of us, because I think sometimes the world tends to overlook you guys a lot and not pay enough attention. One of the questions we had is what exactly is the actual controversy amongst mental health professionals? Because I know last time you mentioned, and then I think we've also heard some of the controversy of is DID an actual thing? Is that what mm-hmm. the controversy is? Or is the controversy more on some other level? Well, there's a few things. There's the controversy of people trying to say that it is like a structural compartmentalization in the brain and that it's an ego thing. 
Mm-hmm. And so they can say mm-hmm. that, you know, this person has control over these, these things. And then sometimes people say that it's like with borderline, it's a split. But the thing is, is two or more alters, two or more alter states, because that's what it is. It's not, it's not multiple personality. Anyone that calls it multiple personality is not educated on it because it has nothing to do with mm. personality. Okay. It has everything to do with an altered state of mind. There is a specific okay. way mm. that the brain reacts to what is it, like what the environment, what kind of thing is happening in that time. And so that altered state of mind is used to handle that. Even now, I have things on the wall that as I'm communicating with you, if I sense switching because the system wants to come out, I have what's called positive triggers. And I can be like, no, this is my time to talk. I can look at them and I can keep myself out. But if I manage to switch, then that's just how it is. Wow, that's super interesting. So multiple personality disorder and disassociative identity disorder are two completely different things. Oh, multiple personality disorder is non-existent. It's, There's no such- it, was, it was used in the very beginning to describe DID. It's almost a bad word to people Hmm. with DID because someone will talk about DID and they'll be like, oh, that's really cool. You, You know, you're not alone. Or you'll hear from people, I wish I had friends all the time, or I wish I had this, I wish I had that. DID is not something that is created because of something positive. It's created because the body thought it was gonna die and its last standing ability was to take the environment and try to manifest something that would keep it alive Hmm. through brain power. Frankly, (laughs) multiple personality disorder is an insult because it's altered states of mind. Gotcha. It, It would be like if you got a panic attack and because you were hyperventilating and you couldn't stand up straight, if someone said, wow, you're such a good actor. Mm. They tried to try to say that you're making these things happen. Right. And all you got to do is, is get yourself out of it. When you deal with panic attacks, anxiety attacks, yes, <laughs> you can do things that will help you get out of it, but you didn't create that and you're not acting. Yeah. Do you want to share with us about your childhood? I'm assuming that that's when things went wrong for you. Oh, yeah. And I'm the main trauma carrier. So mm-hmm. if you tried mm-hmm. to get memory, which I'm, I'm sure the rest of them will explain their own part, but I don't know their part. I only know me. And uh, about in, uh, infancy, maybe two, there was sexual assault. They kept it a secret for a long time, and we didn't really know anything about it. But I remember having, as embarrassing as it is, bedwetting issues. Getting close to anyone physically used to cause shaking in the knees. It was so strange to me to see myself get physically close to someone, and my knees would not stop shaking. It was Hmm. very strange. But most of all, 
in my experience in the body is that I was supposed to handle the beatings. I was supposed to handle the violence because the cult, basically, the cult family, which it's so hard to explain to people cult abuse because cults never look like cults on the outside. So yeah. you try to say, I came from a cult and someone goes, well, that's just a church. Well, that's just yeah. a family. Well, that's just a yeah. group of friends. And it's like yeah. a group of friends that tried to teach me to kill things. I call him the cult leader because that's what he is to me. He was the one who was in charge of everything. He was the most abusive, the most manipulative. Or I call him the father that is not my father because he never was. <laughs> But mm. he was on the worship team. He was high up in the church. He was working in the government. He worked alongside people that dealt with addiction. He was just kind of deep in a lot of stuff. And he regularly would influence death. I would have to say out of every single thing that I specifically had to deal with, it was the violence and the death. Just every day, every moment, there were things that I saw, like this mother bird story is the one that stands out when I was really young. And he mm -hmm. said that we were going to shoot the mother bird with a BB gun. And I remember not wanting to do it. Deep down, I have never wanted to hurt anything. But the way that these cult leaders work is that they influence you young to believe that you can appease the leader by doing things that the rest of the world just isn't really doing. And so when I didn't want to shoot her, then he was just kind of like, it'll just get a wing. It's not that big of a deal. It wouldn't be so bad. He ended up manipulating it so that I shot her in the head and she died. Oh my gosh. And it was devastating to witness that something that I cared about and wanted to keep alive and saw alive right in front of me was also something that I, I could take its life. And hunting and stuff like that, you you can hunt for things. People do these kinds of things. It was rationalized that way for a little bit for me. But then it became things like the pets were dying. There was a dog that was brought in to care for. And the cult leader's wife, she wanted to take care of this dog. But the dog was like throwing up blood and not doing well at all. And the cult leader shoved it in the downstairs bathroom. And it was just suffering and it was dying. I, I had to try to convince her to save the animal. And this was something that happened all the time. I had to protect people that came into our lives, whether it was friends that would come over and be fed maggots from the food and be told that it's protein and that it's not that big of a deal, which friends didn't come over to the house again because of this, or if it was because of the animals being killed he loved it he was excited all the time and he's talking to me and he says just think damien just think right now someone is taking their last breath 
isn't that exciting? And I, I always was like, are there more people like this? Like, <laughs> so excited about death. And he was excited about harming animals, harming dogs specifically. The animals were terrified of him and he loved it. And he would whip them with things. He would throw them at things. He used the animals to show me that when I did something against the rules, something outside of me was going to die. Something outside of me was going to pay. And then it started to become threats about things that he was going to do to other people. I have gotten information from family members that he used to work in an asylum and like to tackle the patients. It was his favorite thing to do and that he would switch medications in convalescent homes so that they would die. He was just such a sick, disgusting individual. And I remember in high school being like so mad, so angry and and coming to him and saying i feel so much rage i am and i'm scared of myself because of, of how much rage i feel i feel like i want to kill something i feel like i i want to hurt something and he said everybody feels that everybody wants to kill something everybody wants to kill that's completely normal he just normalized my life being about nothing but violence and sex from day 1 all of my addictive behavior was just involved in in all of that. And it wasn't until the diagnosis and getting a lot of help with the ID and going through work in inner world that I was able to be like, I have been conditioned really, really young to do something horrible and, and be framed for it. Yeah. I remember the first time I was introduced to pornography in general was when I was in their office and there was like an entire white wall of shelves filled with pornography magazines. And when you went into the bathroom, there were pornography magazines right next to the toilet. How and old were you at the, at this point when you first got uh, I think maybe oh, seven gosh. or eight when the body was in high school, I think like 14, 15, I would wake up to on the computer screen, there was like snuff rape pornography playing while I was asleep. And I would wake up and it would be on the screen. And I didn't know how it got there. And I always blamed myself. I was always like, this stuff must've been me. The way that these people condition children is by normalizing stuff when they're at their weakest point, when they can't eat well, when they can't sleep well, when they're terrified and they want to follow the rules, when they're trying to get approval. I mean, I regularly heard about the Lord knows when every sparrow falls. So if we take a life, it's it was in God's plan. That was the mindset. I swear this guy almost thought that he himself was a God, because I don't believe in any God, but I believe that he believed he was a God. And when we were at church, there was one time when this old person told me your dad, 
knows more of the Bible than he can obey. And I thought that was interesting. It's like someone kind of knew that something was wrong with this guy. And obviously I cannot go into the amount of details of how much happened, but this is just the surface of how life was in that house. Yeah. The church hid a lot of it. When I reached out and I said that the animals were being abused, that the wife was being, the pastor said, what do you want me to do about it? And I was Mm -hmm. like, what, what do you mean? He's in your building. You you have him high up. It, do something. And the guy said, I'll pray about it. And mm-hmm. I never heard from him again. And when I tried to talk to police, they were laughing at me. And they said, so you want me to say that you're afraid of how the animals and the wife is being treated. And don't say your name. I'm just supposed to say all of this. And I was like, yes. An oh, anonymous so were- call. You're checking in. Okay. Yeah. And this was like 2014 or 15, because I had been able to move out, like get away. And yeah. I wanted to check in on the animals and see if everyone was safe. And the guy just laughed at me, yeah. which was frightening because that's how the police in that one city that just so happened to be dominated by that one church Mm-hmm. That small city and that small church, it's a very big part of that city. Mm-hmm. And we found out that uh, the youth pastor of that church went to jail for child pornography. And his wife was the one that worked in daycare at the church. Wow. That's why there's that song, Losing My Religion. People, yeah. you know, we're very familiar with the God rubber stamp on everything because God speaks through me. Therefore, everything I think is God's thoughts, so it's good. Was the cult leader your biological parent, or were your parents just part of this cult? Uh, As far as we know, it seems that way. But we've also had some interesting paperwork interactions legal stuff that's kind of I've just kind of been like what is this and when Hmm. I wasn't the one around then it was the other parts now one of them wants to talk which one hold on (laughs) no problem um okay hi hi so I'm Melissa oh hi Melissa nice to meet you yeah, very nice. Hi. Wow. Damien is just giving the life story, I guess. But I was around for a lot of that. And I actually was one of the number one altars that was able to lure Damien away from the missions or jobs. <laughs> that the abusive piece of shit, I won't call him cult leader because he's not a leader of anything. He's a piece of garbage and he needs to die. Yeah. But to me, he's just a coward and that's just how that is. But, you know, Damien did look up to him and we've worked with the system 
with him on rehabilitating Damien out of those behaviors. And he has come very, very far. But sometimes when I hear him talk about the cult leader, I'm like, okay, the excitement needs to go because mm-hmm. this is ugly. This is ugly. We don't invite this. I'm not going to get excited about this guy. But I used to kind of help Damien focus. If his target was women, well, then I chose to come out and kind of use myself as bait, I guess. And it worked out because by the time that he made it home, where he thought I was, he was just in his room. And like, where is the hot chick? And I was just like, whatever, at least you're home. You're not doing something weird. But the father figure to me was very, very sexual. I don't know if he was with Damien, but with me and Pink, he would lick our necks. He would talk about how we're going to be a heartbreaker. He would tell us all about weird, like gross masturbation stuff. He was real big on secrets. He loved secrets, which is why he was giving a pile of money to the next door neighbor. And then later on, the other neighbor ended up dying, which shocker i guess i don't know wow Wow. interesting there was a lot of really fucked up shit that was going on did systems are not glamorous by any means i can imagine it's very difficult how old are you melissa i am what's called a sliding altar and i go between 28 and 30 I think it's because of the development that's been going on. But I pretty much stayed at a solid 28 for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I'm and- kind of the party alter, I guess. I really don't like to deal with bullshit. I want mm-hmm. to have a good time. I try to, when everybody else is stressed about things, I'm kind of like, right, but we could go to the beach or <laughs> hang out with friends, or I'll find something fun to do. And it worked for a while, but it's become a problem sometimes now because there's a time for work and there's a time for play. And I just don't really think that with the way that we were raised, we ever had an upbringing that was allowed to play. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know about anybody else in the system, but Pink and I have had to basically sell ourselves since day one. I'm considered, I hate to use this word, but the altar whore, I guess, because I'm fine with trafficking or fine with being trafficked. That's how I was in the past. It made a lot of money. I knew what I was doing. I had a lot of issues and disrespect for men and women because I got to see some really gross things that they do if sex is involved. Yeah. Yep. It was super easy to just be like, I already know what these people want. So at least get me something nice. If you're gonna be a piece of shit, then let me get my nails done. <laughs> Can we ask you a couple of questions, Melissa? Yes. Otherwise I will just ramble. <laughs> do you know how you were diagnosed with DID? I believe 
in 2019, there was a lot of self-harm issues that were going on. And Damien had recently discovered a sobriety program. And all of us alters, we all came out and we were just, it was madness. There was switching going on. We were all over the house. I remember just like, The day that we all were able to be seen by the therapist, everybody came home and we had so much to say. We had so much to say. And Mm -hmm. it was madness. I would not want anyone to experience that first day because we were not happy and it was very tiring. But Damien was new to receiving help and pink was really reaching out for help because she was in a relationship that was just so full of betrayal and she needed a lot of therapy. Well, we all thought that she basically was the host. We didn't really know anything about Dax. Uh So we just were like, okay, for whatever reason we're out. And I guess she's like, she's the host. I have never thought that I am the host. I know that everybody has their story of, they're like, I thought I was original. I thought I was original. I knew I was not the original. I knew that I was used in some long game for some purpose. I didn't know what it was, but I was just like, shoot, I'm here one minute. I'm gone the next. At least give me something nice to drink. But the, the, Diagnosis came about first as what's called structural dissociation, and then it was DDNOS. And that's basically what they start at the very beginning when they're first getting to know and they're trying to see. At least in our case, I could be completely wrong. I know bitches are going to have things to say. <laughs> what, you said DDNS? DDNOS, which is N-O-S. dissociative disorder, not otherwise specified. It's basically yep. the little yep. shitty therapist's way of being like, it's obvious that there's more than one of you or two of you, but I don't know enough. And my yeah. little clinical pissant degree doesn't give yeah. me access to knowing anything about DID. So right. I need to learn it vicariously through the trauma of other systems while telling them they don't have systems. One of the things you said, everybody was upset those first days. Oh yeah. Were you upset that the system was seeing a therapist at all or just that it was a bad therapist or, or what what was it that, Uh, or was it at all? (laughs) It was all of it. Some of us were upset that they, that we were seeing a therapist. I know in the very beginning and I'll own this when we first saw the therapists, And everybody had the audacity to be like, Melissa's going to talk. I was like, excuse me, bitch, you sit on the couch. I'm not talking to anyone. I don't have anything to say to anybody. I will watch you guys create Mm -hmm. this failure you call therapy. But the the therapist didn't really know her. She was very sweet at first. And she Mm -hmm. definitely taught us a lot. We got close to her. But she fucked up. Okay, she fucked up royally when she refused to talk to anybody but the host. She was hyper-focused on the host, which she didn't even know who the host was. And 
Neither did we, but that's why your therapist gets to know the system. Like you take time. It honestly felt like she wanted to know more about the ID, bless her heart, but she didn't know very much. And that's how most therapists are. They don't know very much. And they learn through talking to the systems. They learn from us and then have the audacity to say, well, you have DDNOS. <laughs> yeah, we know that feeling well. It's like the type of questions they ask. And it makes you feel like, are, are you trying to write a thesis or something like that? You're not actually yeah. trying to get at what's going on here. You're actually yeah. literally going to write a paper on this. Yeah, so we, exactly. yeah, we know yeah. that uh, specific type of quote-unquote therapy quite well. Yeah, I'm so sorry that you went through that. She's so damaging about it is that then it makes you not want to go to another. Try it again. So well, luckily we have the apprentice masochist that Damien is and he just endlessly (laughs) seeks out knowledge so he forced us into more therapy as much as possible and then he freaking became a therapist and I was like my god are you trying to kill me (laughs) (laughs) but it's whatever because as long as we're able to help more systems I don't give a shit I I would love to sit in a therapy session because Damien's thing is he wants to be able to give therapy to systems through virtual reality because so many systems have alters that know what they look like and sound like. And so you can create an avatar that gets to be itself. Like we are in virtual reality. I get to see myself. Let's just say I have some pretty nice assets, but I'm very happy (laughs) with them because I get to to see you. You put on the mirror and you get to see yourself. And yes. our friend yeah. helped me find my avatar. And I was just like, this is incredible. I'm so happy. It creates so much comfort and peace in the body. I know that I'm by no means a therapist and I don't want to be. I'll just cheat and be like, hey, Damien, what does this mean? And what does that mean? <laughs> but like, if I meet other trafficking victims that just so happen to be in a system most did systems most at least the ones we've met came from cult abuse and trafficking yeah and there are altars in every single one of those systems one of them is like a sassy prostitution stage level bitch like me and it's fine Mm -hmm. because we're not in it anymore but they have the same mindset. I'm able to really bond with them on something that Damien can't. He doesn't communicate right. like me. So, right. But in VR, it's really great to be able to see another altar and help them. And that's where Damien started reaching out to systems because his friend was like, hey, man, I think I'm dealing with someone that has DID. And I know about you in the system. And so Damien would just sit in virtual reality on this bench in the snow. And someone would show up in the chat and they would show up in the world. And he would just talk. He would just talk with Hmm. whoever the altar was and slowly kind of work through things. And it's been really interesting to witness. Do you guys keep secrets from each other? (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) just wondering yes we definitely do especially we have to keep secrets from the littles that gets to be a bit much there are definitely secrets that are kept but then 
they come out later on and then you have to own it. It's basically just like a friend. Like if your friend's being a piece of shit and they keep secrets from you, they have to own up to it later on. It's kind of like living with all of your best friends, but in one body. Is it something like that? Hmm, I would not say best friends. No. Maybe Pinkwood, and that's cute, but <laughs> I would say it's like living with your annoying family ah. that are always watching you and always telling you what to do. And you're trying and to tolerate them. <laughs> yes, you're ah. trying to tolerate them. And, and don't get me sense. wrong, it's not that I hate them, I'm not angry with them, well... Sometimes I don't dislike my alter family. I just think that their life choices are too focused on everyone else. I guess hmm. I don't see why there is so much focus on rescuing the world, the same world that damaged us in the first place. Like all this rescuing people i'm glad to be on the podcast and i'm glad to be able to communicate and help other systems don't get me wrong if me being myself helps other systems shit that's easy if that's helping people cool but if you want me to go past that no yeah and that is what damien does damien does way too much work and pink tolerates way too much work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm so ready to relax. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah. I have a question. Since you um, were diagnosed and you know that you're a system, have you had friendships with other systems? And how is that? If you have, is there like a certain recognition or is it chaos? <laughs> I'm just curious. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm only going to be able to speak briefly on this because pink is Oh, and and Sura. Okay, you're probably going to deal with some switches here. Uh, <laughs> Did I ask the wrong question? <laughs> no, wants you to asked answer. The right. We have made a friend. It was actually Pink's ex who was a friend first, and okay, they surprisingly enough were a system also just so happened to go to the exact same church in a different state. Oh, wow. But I don't know if I will come out. Maybe if there's another exciting question, I don't know how long you guys do these things. I can talk forever, (laughs) but for now I'm going to have my Sprite and you guys can talk to whoever the fuck else wants to talk. So it was nice talking to you guys. Yeah. You too. Thank you, Melissa. Sorry, she wanted to have some of the sprites, so I was like, okay, fine, but you have to hurry. Also, how do these buttons work? (laughs) (laughs) You must be pink. So, oh, sorry. I I recognize your voice. Well, I'm still really, really good friends with my ex, and it's so sad that it didn't work out. I feel like DID, well, the trauma, it's either the only reason that we met (laughs) or it's the only reason that things didn't work out. It's very, it's sad. I met them when the body was a male and Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship with them and it was such a connection. Like, and even in the transition that they're in now, like they are this system's best friend. We have bonded so much with them. They're very close to us. They are definitely like family to us. And it almost feels like systems kind of find each other. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but I know that it's been true for us because we know a few systems. And gotcha. you can kind of know that in every system, there's going to be the rough and tough, like more aggressive, more sexual kind of alters. And then there's going to be the littles and then there's going to be the teenagers and the the, the, the the different dynamics that are in DID, sometimes you can kind of know what parts there are going to be. Okay. And that education has helped a lot. We all have our own skills. Like I do photography. I don't draw as well as Damien does. I can kind of draw and I can kind of color. I guess I'm kind of like the amateur artist as far as coloring, painting, all of that stuff. I can do like landscapes, but I can't really do people so well. But Damien can draw people. He can draw, he just draws very different. And then I believe it's Dax who can do more realism kind of stuff. Okay. And I can't do that. So there's like a cartoonist, there's realism, there's landscape. We do all kinds of stuff. That would make an amazing art book. I can picture picture that. That's really cool. Well, yeah, we wanted to ask about that, about dating and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. It must be interesting. Very complex because has to be <laughs> you have to have so much respect like i've gotten in fights before when i was dating the other system there was an altar in my ex's system and then damien who would fight all the time and so i would be hanging out with my partner and take like a shower or something like that and a towel Damien is so particular about his stuff. His his things are his things. You could look around the whole room. There will be notes and papers and chaos. But he has a drawer that is perfectly organized. And he has his towels that are perfectly gray. And they can't be anything else. And so I let my ex use a gray towel. And that was a big no-no. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Yeah, and it caused a switch. And so both me and my ex went away. We switched away because this altar and Damien came out. And they just started fighting. And Damien was like, why in the you-know-whats are you wearing my towel? And they were fighting, and it was this huge thing. And I was like, I let him use it. And then that altar was like, this is my towel. And it was this whole thing. I would say that it it is easy to blame the wrong altar. And it's easy to play the blame game in general with the system. Because when you're in the middle of a really great relationship with someone and an altar is doing something that your partner 
it looks like it's your partner. It looks like it's your partner. And so it can get very stressful, very sad and alters because they have to learn to hide so much. And what really kind of lets it out Hmm. is when you're doing certain things that you don't agree with. And so that's how, that's how we were able to figure it out. Kind of be like, wait, this goes against my values. And so me and my ex had to be like, look, I'm sorry. I gave him the towel. I won't do that again. These are your towels, Damien. I totally understand. And then my ex was like, and I next time will ask, I will ask if this is your property pink, because if it's not a pink towel, like colors help us a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. If there's pink stuff, it's probably mine. If I'm not using pink <laughs> stuff, that's cute. Then I, yeah, and we have to do that. We do that with the room yeah. too. Stuff is right. organized around the room where it's like, if this stuff is over here, this is mine. And if you touch my things, you will get in trouble. And I mean, for me, if someone touches my things, I'm like, oh man, could you put that back, please? But then mm-hmm. if someone touches Melissa's stuff, Melissa's very secretive. If she does have stuff, I don't really know where it is. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like in its own safe or under the bed or I don't know. I haven't seen very much of it. She's she said just so she, different. She said she keeps secrets from you. Uh, yeah, I, that is a secret that I do know. <laughs> so, And I'm okay with that. I think that she has deserved her privacy. I think she hasn't really had very much privacy. I know I haven't had a whole lot of privacy, but I've also learned to kind of adapt to it. I guess now it's different. Damien really protects us. So I, I need to get out of that mindset. I don't have to. Yeah. I, I do need to learn how to be more private, I guess. Melissa <laughs> is extremely private and I could learn a thing from her. <laughs> <laughs> You said something yeah. uh, a minute ago that actually kind of fascinated me. I want to ask a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You said that the alters can get very good at hiding to the point that mm-hmm. you think it's yourself. Like one yes. alter will think it's themselves. Is that a case where an alter is technically influencing the the body, but oh yeah, mentally oh. not coming forward? So that whoever's the host at that moment or whoever's in the body at that moment gets really confused. Yeah. Is so that it's kind of what happens? Fronting. It's called fronting. And when there is an altar that's trying to influence a lot of the time, they're what's called co-conscious. And so when they're co-conscious, you can be out. Like I've been out before and the left hand will be eating Skittles and I'll be like, excuse me, I am not (laughs) eating Skittles. And then I'll find out it's a little, and then the little will be like, well, but you want Skittles too. And I'm like, I do want Skittles. I really love the cherry ones. (laughs) And then I'm like, wait a minute, we have to have dinner first. And they're like, no, we don't. You're an adult. And I'm like, I am an adult. I don't have to have dinner first. (laughs) And they just, they can, gotcha. they can kind of play in that way littles can really i would say the children the littles and the teenagers can do the most manipulating to make you believe a certain thing because they don't front so much the way that we do and maybe that's just our system maybe another system does something else 
systems are very, very complex. Yeah. Oh, oh I can yeah, imagine. I it sounds like those are probably some of the maybe even cute, maybe even fun times to have <laughs> those kind of things going on. But like, I imagine that that complexity when you're dealing with something serious, like you were saying, the relationships or even just something going on in your life or your work or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, it must get yeah. really complicated and, and difficult at times. Oh yeah. It, and it, it can be really difficult if you're sad because like for me, when I get sad, I really go into kind of, uh, this will never change, but at least I'm alive. I don't yeah. go into like a give up on life. I'm just kind of like a pain is something that I need to get used to. And I can care and love and do the things that I need to for the people around me to distract myself from the fact that I'm never going to be happy again. And that's just a position that I've been in before. It was so saddening. And my sadness just became such a normal thing every single day to the point where I eventually, during the beginning of Damien's transition, I really just didn't want to be in the body at all. I was like, I will be a spirit, but I do not want to be alive in this human world because it is an awful, awful, mean place. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Definitely understand that. Yeah. Do you prefer to befriend and have relationships with other systems as opposed to singlets? I would say no. I love everybody. <laughs> I really like singlets. I really like systems. If someone's nice generally i'm i'm going to enjoy them a singlet is just a person that only has one personality in one body yeah i mean with all of this going on it sounds like there's probably got to be times where like everybody the whole system is just an overwhelm do do you guys find that ha to happen sometimes and if so like have you found something that sort of like calms it all like meditation for example would that kind of like calm everybody down or or have or have <laughs> you found that different things have have to work with different altars well for us i don't know if this is everybody but for us what we notice is if we go into meditation we end up in inner world and yeah. when we go to inner world damien usually is the one who ends up in inner world i hang out in inner world all the time. I have tons of things I'm doing there and I love it there. But <laughs> Damien will visit a lot and if he's doing any kind of meditation and it almost uncovers more and more and more about the abuse, which has kind of made him scared to go to inner world okay. sometimes, which yeah. means meditation becomes this outlet for him to face more trauma. And so yeah, it's no longer safe. When I meditate, <laughs> yeah. That's so, so when cool. I meditate, it's beautiful. I go to my garden. I get to see all my animals. I hang out with the littles. It's very, very nice. But when he meditates, it's almost like it's a reason to face more trauma. I think his part of inner world is so, he's still constructing and really facing 
himself more. I'm really at peace with who I am. And I am less at peace with my interactions with singlets. So that's where I falter is the cults and the outer world and singlets that have really kind of targeted me. And I just run away because a lot of it is scary. And Damien does not run away from things. That's what I do. Yeah. So you've told us before that like you're a very you're you're definitely one of the fr- the friendly all like you like being friends with everybody. You're very friendly. Yeah, I'm personality. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe you this would be a good question for you that you could answer is that how would a singlet interact with you in a way that makes the whole system feel accepted or safe or understood? Oh, oh my gosh. Like so a, like tip for a singlet. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, this is fun. Tips for a singlet. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was actually someone who I loved the idea that they came up with. They were a horrible person. So that sucks. But <laughs> oh, they came up with <laughs> they came up with this bracelet and it said my name on it. And I could wear it sometimes. If I knew that I was out more, if I was like co-con more, I could wear it. And someone that is paying attention to clothing, they're paying attention to colors, a a singlet that really tunes in. Like when you guys said, oh, I can tell, I can tell who's talking. That makes me feel so normal, so accepted. Because it doesn't matter what I identify as. I am real and I deserve to be out and I deserve to talk to and I have thoughts and feelings. And because there's a mess in the kitchen, it doesn't mean that I made that mess. I still have to clean it up, but it was a little. To explain it to a singlet kind of goes like this. Like how warm milk is to a baby. It'll calm a baby down. Or maybe a cup of tea to you would calm you down. Doing something for the system, acknowledging us individually in our own way, our own thoughts and feelings, noticing who you're talking to, it's like a warm cup of tea. It Mm. calms the body in so many ways. When we have to talk with someone who says, why are you talking like that? Or... That's a weird outfit. Or why are you wearing a Pikachu hat and all black? The outfits get kind of weird. I won't lie. Mm -hmm. And it's always been that way. We've always been called mismatched, but it's because we've always been fighting for the control over the body and didn't know it. But someone who acknowledges that, I mean, if you can imagine just drinking a nice cup of tea and how it just kind of soothes you and you just... You're just like totally present with the fact that you're letting yourself relax. When someone acknowledges each of us individually, separate from the switches that might happen right in front of them, they don't even see the switches as like, oh, wow, this is so strange. They see it as someone else just came into the room. Like we're a portal and all of us are coming out as needed. It's so important to us because you'll talk to some people that are like, 
oh, well, if there's a switch, it means there's a threat. Well, when you're in your safe space, switches happen because the system loves you Hmm. or because there's positive triggers. There's positive triggers and negative triggers. Damien is probably the one who needs the most training in listening to the littles because he sometimes likes to live in this mindset of being a singlet. I know he desperately wishes and wants it, but we're here and we all deserve the cup of tea. Thank you so much for answering all these questions for us. Everyone that we've we've talked to, all of you uh, that we've talked to over the last couple interviews, and you guys have all been so patient with us and and understanding of our curiosity. And and we don't know what questions to ask. It's felt like a a really wonderful conversation. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I I know that Dax and Sura still wanted to talk to you. So if you have any questions, I think I'm going to let her answer them because I can talk a lot. And I've never seen Melissa talk so casually. She had so much to say. I feel like I feel like <laughs> I, I need to give her the ability to talk more because I didn't realize how annoyed she is with how much she doesn't get to say things so (laughs) that taught me something i'm really grateful for that oh so sweet but yeah if you guys if you do want to talk any more then dax and sura and damien will probably be the ones that come out okay okay who will be next Well, if Sarah does come to talk, that would definitely be a good time to ask about the age thing that people were asking about. Very true. Very. Hello? Can you hear me on this? Yes. Yes. Hi, this is Sarah. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Nice to meet you. You do sound a little bit like you're from Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for thank you for coming and speaking with us. Yeah. You're welcome. I was very interested to meet you. And we did have some questions, if it's okay. <laughs> I can answer questions. Okay. I have a question. Dax said that he was the host and that you're the gatekeeper. It's interesting. I was interested as to what exactly is the difference as far as we know with the little bit of information i would say we have about the id at this time the host would be considered the core there are many different words that are used potential the owner of the body whoever was born into the body This is usually the host or the core. Again, this is only what I have researched this far. The host is not able to get into inner world, at least with our system, what we have noticed. They are not able to do some of the things that the alders can do. So you're the gatekeeper? Yes, I am in charge of making the rules of what is allowed, what is not allowed, who can talk, who cannot talk. I can also erase memory. 
I have the ability to keep track of dates, times. I'm one of the number one reasons why in any abusive situation, we have gotten the system away because I keep track of every single detail that is available. You're like the system mom. Yes. Okay. And so how does the whole age difference for the altars work? Yeah, because Melissa said she's a sliding, right? She said, which is a, how yes. I would like to from here on out to talk about my age. It's a sliding, <laughs> sliding scale. <laughs> but yeah, she was talking about being in sort of a go between the two different ages. Really Tends to happen to in recovery. From what I have noticed, you will have a sliding altar that is between 16 to 19 sometimes 19 to 21 and they will have a very teenage child demeanor while also looking very adult it's very common that a lot of altars are children and so they try to front as adults which is something that is wrongly used in therapy when an altar is acknowledged and treated as though it is a damaged child, it Hmm. ceases to look at how that child views themselves, and that does not aid in recovery. It's fascinating. Wow. Therapists could help their studies a lot more if they took the time to listen to exactly how that alter views themselves and learn from it to give themselves the option to learn and grow the way that altar sees it when human children outer world children say things to their parents like they are a bear obviously a human being is not a bear but if the child says they are a bear a parent plays along mm-hmm. for whatever the child is trying to express at the time If you notice there is something going on with your child and that it is beneficial to believe what they say they are or what they have seen, it teaches you how to help them further. This is what I notice in most systems that have altars that appear to be very much older while having a very obvious child altar trapped in an adult shell. It's really interesting. Very interesting. And then what about where you have a case where the altar is is older than the physical body? We had a couple of people ask how that, how that, I want to say how that would happen or like how that works, I guess. From my own study, it seems to be a preservation for the parental or guardian figure taking the place for that child to create hope. Human beings in general need the guardian or the adult figure that is going to give them the hope that they are doing things right or what they might be doing wrong. There is discipline and consequence and reward in every part of growth and human beings and alters need this. And to have a alter in the system that takes this role gives 
that system a better ability to advance in a healthy direction the way that the parent was not able to for that body. Okay, yeah, it's comparable in a very simplistic way, but it's comparable to the way that a singlet would seek healing by, you know, the therapist, they say, reparent yourself. It's obviously a much more complicated level than that, but that's kind of the understanding behind it. Am I getting that correct? Am I hearing that correct? Okay, okay. The body does many different preservation tactics. One of which is creating a parent for Mm -hmm. the sake of skill, building, understanding, love. John Bowlby talks about it in his studies with the monkey that is made of plush versus the monkey that is made of spikes. Children will go towards something nurturing, even if something is giving them food. They will go towards something nurturing and soft before they will go towards feeding themselves. And so you can have an abusive human parent that is feeding a child but being hateful. And that child, if they manage to get DID or have any kind of alters at the time, if they create or they end up having a parent alter, that alter is going to be potentially more nurturing in its own way. And that will be the direction that that child trusts. Thank you that you explained it so well. That really makes sense. Thank you. I was around specifically because of Damien's lack of ability to protect the system. And that is also how alters are created. When one alter does not do a job well enough, Sometimes another alter takes the place to do a job better. So I ended up fighting a lot with Damien in the very beginning because I am in existence due to his failures. Makes a lot of sense. It does. Wow. But if you would like me to answer anything else, I am fine with that. Otherwise, Dax wants to say hello. Okay, yeah, sure, that'd be great. <laughs> We've been recording for a little while. This so. is very long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has. But it, we definitely would love to speak to anyone that wants to cut, wants to speak to us. Yeah. All right. It's so interesting. It's not really the same as interviewing just one person. Hey. Oh, you must be Dax. What's up? Yeah. Hi, Jax. Nice to meet you. Hi. <laughs> you too. I finally get to talk. I live. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. Yes. And now I have no clue what to say. <laughs> well, how old are you? I am 31. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So I'm the age of the body because I am the body. Okay, you were the one I'm that the was original born, owner. born into the body. Yes. I mean, it was obviously the wrong body. And I wanted to transition <laughs> easily at eight years old. I knew immediately. But the church didn't allow it. That's like against the rules. God yeah. doesn't. He's not really down with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God, how wrong can they be? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh my, you're the funny one, huh? Oh my, yes, I am. I am. And I've been in a lot of different videos. Sometimes Damien doesn't like that I can be kind of out there, but then I'm, I'm growing on him though. I'm growing on him because <laughs> he may be all serious, but he has a funny bone in there. I definitely crack all the jokes. I really like being able to take some of the really dark stuff in the world and be able to make kind of dark humor with it. Yep. I definitely, I relate to that a lot. <laughs> Systems deal with so much physically that if you don't have something fun to do, like, I'm not going to lie. I kick it with Melissa all the time. She and I get along super well and we talk crap on people all the time. So (laughs) I, I can just hang out with Melissa most of the time. And if people are talking to us in text, she and I just, we can like, we just banter off of one another. Yeah. (laughs) My roommate is super goofy, which is so cool because he and I, we can be really, really funny. And he's starting to work out with us now. Damien goes out with him, but I'm like, I'm co-con. So mm-hmm. he and I yesterday were just like comparing each other's muscles. He was like, touch my arm. And I was like, no, 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 touch my arm. And it was so funny. <laughs> oh. Oh my. That's good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We always have a need for levity. All the the memory question. I don't really have memory. Most of my memory is looking at the ground. I noticed. I don't really know if that's like we're still learning from therapy obviously, but a lot of my memory. I can hear things and I can see feet. <laughs> I can see the ground and I can see feet, but I hear all kinds of conversations. So it's like I've been around but I haven't really seen very much. Oh. Lots of time to just kind of practice making jokes about everything, I guess. <laughs> very interesting. So cool to meet all of you. Yeah, yeah definitely. You can't meet the littles. The littles yeah. are off limits. And then some of the other ones, like one of them's mute. We're still learning about that. And then two of the others we're still in the stages of really learning about the system. And that's why we definitely don't call ourselves DID specialists or anything like that. I'll tell you one thing, what I would say the most, if if anybody with DID or newly with DID is listening to this, I would say the best way that systems can help each other is do not publicize your system in like a really graphic way. I've been noticing that there's systems that are like 15 years old, 13 years old. They go on Instagram and they're like, this is Alfonso. He's uh, 19. This is such and such. They're 16 or, and then there's like, this is the sexual altar. This is the, this altar. This is the, that altar. And I don't know what our system has done. If they've like told more details if they did whatever like people can come for us i'll punch him in the dick i've seen tiktoks where people give so much information about their system and it's dangerous there are predatory people they want us to do that they want us to put 
stuff out there and market DID. Honestly, we would love our own island where everybody can just <laughs> kind of fuck off and systems can be together because we would just get along. It'd be great. Switches would be so normal to us, but there's too much glamorizing DID. There's too many YouTube channels with people being like, watch my altar, do my makeup or talk about my altar sex life. We're like, what the fuck? No, <laughs> this stuff is so sensitive. People need to stop marketing it and they need to stop making it into something because it's a beacon. It's a beacon to predatory people, as, as Damien says. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of DID systems are clairvoyant which can come in handy because we have a little that's clairvoyant, but she's such a punk because when you want her help with something, then Mm -hmm. she expects a treat for it. So she's like, Oh, you want this? Well, I want candy. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, damn it. (laughs) That's so cute. Adorable. So nice to meet you. Yeah. Very nice to meet you You too. I'm glad you got to, Come out and say hey. <laughs> yes, Epo, the grand finale. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Damien's talked a lot. I think it's nice that the system really got to talk. And if you got Sura to talk, well, then that's great too. She's a grandma, though. She sounds like an android, but she's a grandma. <laughs> you know, she's an old lady. Yeah, she, I know she a, she wants to sound like an android to singlets <laughs> because she doesn't want them to get close to her because she's like an intimacy avoidant grandma. But wow. still, yes, she was somber for sure. <laughs> you make a joke at her; she doesn't even laugh. I'm like, are you dead yep. inside or what? No, nope. yeah, <laughs> I tried it with yeah <laughs> with yeah. the Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I heard that that was hilarious. See, he thought it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I wanted to laugh, but my laughter was stunted. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I'll just get off the stage. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I was trying to laugh, but I was getting like scowled at basically. Well, no, I'm answering serious questions, (laughs) child. (laughs) Each of you are doing what you need to to have the boundaries that you need to have and each each of the altars safe. So absolutely 100% respect that. There's all kinds of really awful people, but Damien seems to handle them just fine because I will mess with that. Yeah, (laughs) he's definitely all business. He's a protector. I've gotten out of the shower before and there's been notes on the mirror that are like written on the mirror in the fog. And I remember the first couple of times I saw it when I was really, really little, I saw it on the window once. The window said help and it was written in like snot. And I was like, what in the fuck is on the window right now? But then I've taken showers too and there's been messages on the mirror. There's been messages on the shower and I've just been like, okay, this is weird. But now that I know that it's the system, I'll be like, all right, who had the audacity to, <laughs> to draw a butt on the window or something like that? It's pretty funny. Oh, that is uh, funny. If it's a butt, I'm going to guess yeah. pink. 
think probably drew it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's usually a little. It's a little. yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the littles and I will sometimes joke, and then Melissa and I sometimes joke too. Pink usually says messages like, "Hey, can you please tell Damien to clean up his clothes?" Or something like that. <laughs> Damien is told to do a lot of cleaning up. Oh my. Wow. <laughs> that is so interesting. It's just fascinating. <laughs> Living in very close quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the cats can tell when the altars are out too. I don't know what it is, but animals can pick up on altars. There's actually oh. dogs that are designed for DID, but there's (laughs) DID. There's dogs for DID. There's cats. I don't, well, actually, I don't know if there's cats. I know we have a cat that can tell when the little is out versus me versus somebody else. He just acts really different. Yeah. I was going to ask because I was like, I I think Melissa maybe doesn't like cats because because the cat came to her immediately and she was like, excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't really like animals in general because she doesn't like things that want her attention. A cat will always make a beeline for whoever does not want to talk to the cat. It's interesting because the cat that chooses her is kind of snarky and sassy like her. So the other one, though, he's really <laughs> sweet. He's best friends with Damien, and Damien kind of had to uh, bond with him. He acts kind of like a weighted blanket, and he'll lay on the chest. When we're dealing with panic attacks, he'll put oh, pressure on the chest, yeah. and he knows when we're dealing with panic, and he calms the body down. And sure. It's Aww. really great. There, there are familiars. Yeah. Cats are pretty smart. He just needs to lose weight, but I don't know. I kind of like that he's like a cat weight blanket, sort of. As one of the little s- said that he's a chimichongus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, that's hilarious. They're so cute, Dex. Yeah, it was great meeting you. <laughs> well, you. The, <laughs> the way to end the interview is... With some laughter. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about a, a lot. Of- I'm not a singlet, but I'm the host. And if there's other hosts that are listening to this stuff, like, yes, you can be tired and you can want to stay away. And it's super easy to let the altars do everything all the time. But it's so worth it to at least journal and like get cool with your inner homies and kind of come out a little bit. A little bit at a time. I've been able to come out a little bit at a time and just be like, maybe I'll try this living thing because it is really hard. Most of yeah. us really hide, but I still will. Not everybody likes my jokes, so I don't really <laughs> want to be out here. <laughs> so like journaling, jur- yeah, we were ha- we're having fun for sure. Journaling sounds like a key aspect of of your healing the system i i wrote to the system who's here is somebody here and then everybody just starts replying then it's kind of like what's up you know it's like a chat box and actually messenger works out great and if you have discord you can actually set up and alter like a, a system a proxy system and put photos and everything to it we have actual servers where our system individually can communicate we have commands so that they individually can communicate and it's super cool wow that is really cool yeah 
yeah it helps a lot when we have like a tough day i just go in the discord and i'm just like all right (laughs) the crap left the peanut butter in the fridge again and then (laughs) you deal with it that's interesting have a have like a meeting with yourself yeah yeah i i mean it is one body but it's definitely not myself they're all they're just my family they're really my family and there's been a time when I've like toasted I had like apple cider and I toasted to the bathroom mirror and if anyone came in the room I'd be like well this is fucking weird but the (laughs) whole family was there you just toast you just toast to the mirror and pretty soon everybody's out that's so sweet that's great that's yeah, awesome. it's nice. I admire how each each one of you each one of you seems to be dealing with your situation in such a positive way, in such a hopeful yeah. way. That's it. Well, that's definitely admirable. come with a lot of recovery. Oh gosh! And yeah. I would say if your system is is an artist, I what I've seen is if you have an artist in the system, and art really helps you, music really helps you. You can discover stuff way faster with art and music because things will stand out and you'll be like, whoa, why did I write about that? Why did I draw this? What is this symbol? What is this? And you learn things faster. I think for our system, for whatever reason, between Damien's determination and his like ridiculous ability to fight through just disgustingly hard, brutal, violent things, he's almost been like, he can be challenged by so many things that he's just like, okay, literally all we have to do is not get caught up in the cult again and try to live and thrive and as yep. a big spit in the face to the cult. And so yep. we just try to do that. Good yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. It's been fabulous talking to you all. Yes. Everybody is saying that they are grateful for the podcast and they can't obviously all communicate at once. So they're just like, make sure they know. <laughs> well, Damien doesn't wow. say that. Damien just says, God damn it. I thought I was going to talk more. That's Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for letting me talk, even though I forgot a lot of stuff that I said. And I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, all right. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Yes. As, as you are is exactly how we want you to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think I deserve a reward after this. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. Well, thanks for letting us talk and letting me talk. And I don't really know how this goes or if there's a goodbye, but oh, it says leave call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for our episode today. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, stay brave and remember that every butterfly was once a caterpillar.